Hi, I'm Shreya Bakliwal and this is Women Who Build podcast. Are you currently a founder but want to start your own fund? Are you bullish on the skills that female founders have to offer? Listen to what Anisha Singh has to say about her experience. Anisha is the founding partner at She Capital where she invests in high growth female led companies in the pre-series A and series A stages. She holds a master degree in political communication and is an MBA in information systems from American University. She began her career with the Clinton administration on Capitol Hill where she helped women entrepreneurs raise funding. After returning to India, she launched Kinis Software which provides digital content solutions and then later co-founded Mydala which is one of India's largest coupon providers and is present across 209 cities in India. She is a noted expert on entrepreneurship, women equality at the workplace and e-commerce and has spoken at several international conferences like the Mobile World Congress, Wired, TEDx, the Bau Forum and Startup India. Now without further delay I have Anisha for you. Hi Anisha, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me Shreya. I appreciate you getting me on to do this. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your journey from entrepreneurship to the venture space? You know so nothing in my life has been uh, a planned move. It wasn't like unlike other people who grew up and say, you know, mai mai bade banke ye banunga or I'm going to be this. I nothing in my life has been planned. So it wasn't like I said that I would end up in the vc world actually i used to call it the dark side hmm. um and uh, being an entrepreneur you know that's fairly obvious that you'd call it that uh but i think uh you know i started raising for my dollar when i was pregnant in 2009 and um regardless of whether i wanted to admit it to myself or not and I, I, at that point i was so headstrong that i didn't uh, there were a lot of unconscious biases that came through right and that had always been in the back of my head um and then i started mentoring a lot of women entrepreneurs and speaking globally around a lot of entrepreneurship issues um and india and the more i did this i started looking at numbers around you know uh the funding that is getting to women entrepreneurs in 2018 only 2% of the total funding pie went to women entrepreneurs in india which looked really sad and dismal it wasn't like they weren't enough entrepreneurs or they weren't enough great ideas driven by women entrepreneurs so it looked really sad and dismal and um, you know so uh, i read a lot of places that if you you know the only way to change this balance was to have more women sitting on the, this side of the table um and so i uh, consciously made the move here i and i'm a firm believer of you know uh, if it's not happening then you need to go out and do it yourself and make it happen and so that's what i did i moved to this side of the table and it's not been an easy ride huh it's been a uh it's been an interesting tough experience but uh now it's getting to the fun part where we're actually building and i totally resonate with your point of view on if it's not happening then you need to go out there and make it happen and it's totally an opportunity right um why don't you talk to us more on she capital you know we typically come in at a stage which is um you know pre series a series a which means that your company has to be uh, revenue making revenue generating it has to be further than uh, ideation stage and a proof of concept stage that's where we come in um 
and the reason being we felt that there was a gap there were enough angel investors in the market there were enough crowd you know crowd funding platforms in the market but when um, especially women led enterprises were trying to bounce to the next level and get to the next level there was a gap that we could fulfill and so that's where we come in and um, i sincerely hope that you know uh, the experience and the network that we bring along with us helps uh these entrepreneurs get to that next level um as far as the ticket size is concerned we do anywhere up to a million dollars uh you know so starting small going anywhere up to a million dollars is max that we want to do now just moving on to uh new funds how do you think new funds can really set themselves apart the only funds that will stand out now because it's such a crowded space in the market right um so for anybody uh, and uh, any fund will tell you this to actually have a great fund you have to have a great deal pipeline and to get a great deal pipeline you have to have something that sets you apart okay right. um, if you're just a run on the mill fund it's very hard to set yourself apart and so you'll see there are a lot of in the industry now up mm-hmm. and coming niche funds or as i'd like to call them indie funds coming through right that yeah. are uh, creating their own focus areas and uh, really building on that and becoming the cornerstone for those particular companies to come to them whether they're in deep tech ai uh, you know consumer tech uh, there are all these funds that are doing this and for us uh, we wanted it so that uh, she capital became the cornerstone and if you were a female entrepreneur or you were a co-led team which is a mixed team you looked at us and said this is where we're going to come these are the diversity champions and this is where we'd like to be at hmm so just figuring out where your strengths lie and capitalizing on them is the way to go tell me what does a founder and vc relationship look like one of the main things that we tell everybody no matter what happens is um if you're joining the fund so i've got a couple of analysts and they can vouch for it the the first thing that i say is respect for the entrepreneur for us that's utmost that that is above and everything else can you elaborate more on this a lot of times entrepreneurs uh, especially in india for some reason hmm. assume that uh, vcs are a slightly superior breed than the entrepreneur it's quite the other way around in our heads or in my head right it's actually the entrepreneur that is making everything right we're just cheerleaders on the side and for us the time that the entrepreneur is giving us so i always say let's not waste an entrepreneur's time if we're not going to be looking at the business or if the business is not something that fits with our uh, you know mandate let's not do it because just respect their time i have been through so many experiences where we've had so many vcs and investors ask us send us this number send us this send us that Yeah. you know with disregard for our time right yeah. while entrepreneurs in themselves are busy building stuff you can't disrespect that and the fact that they have no time on their hands they're running a mile a minute so for us it's very important that that respect for where the entrepreneur is and what they're doing and what they're building and the fact that they don't have time i mean you know this they're they're really at it nonstop so we we try and really accommodate that and work with them on that i think most of my vc friends will agree to this founders time is the most important um now why don't you tell me that uh, you know with all the covid situation happening what has really changed in the way that things are happening at the fund in terms of the deal flow investment horizons strategies etc well i think the deal flow actually has become 
uh, more robust. So I don't think it's, uh, you know, affected the deal flow at all. You know, I think it's actually better now than before. Um, so, and and we're able to look at things more efficiently, hmm. uh, you know, because you're knocking off more meetings in the day, you're more focused, you're, you know, you're not traveling from here to there. Uh, people are able to get more time on our calendars as well, right? Because uh, suddenly you're opened up. Otherwise, if I'm traveling, then you're trying to coordinate and everything and there's all that happening, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's become more efficient, um, definitely. And the deal pipeline has become more, you know, like I said, robust. Uh, we're really excited to see the deal opportunities come through that are that have been coming through uh, during Corona times and you know, I, I don't believe we're still in Corona times. I think we've started graduating to, uh, you know, a different level now and we're moving towards something um, where everybody's building and building and modifying. And I love the space we're in right now. Have we made changes? Yeah, we have. You know, we, we had initially thought we were going to write uh, slightly bigger check sizes and we'll do smaller number of deals hmm. uh, we modified that slightly and said no we're going to do a larger number of deals we want more in a portfolio from fund one uh, just because of the opportunities we're seeing come through so ever since covid hit the number of people who are actually innovating has really risen right um, i want to know your point of view as to where is it that you see innovation happening post covid I'll tell you, um, I sit on Cartier's board, okay, uh, for women entrepreneurs. And uh, one of the things we do with NCAD very tightly is, uh, you know, we'll do all these studies and everything around innovation and all these things, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's beautiful that you're able to get all that learning. Yeah. And uh, so the NCAD professors talked about the fact that there was um, something called imitative innovation, okay, which, mm-hmm. and people talked about it, that it came out of China and India, you know, and when was it going to go away, that we were basically copycat nations, Yeah. all right, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, and uh, so INSEAD came back and said, that's, there is no such thing as imitative innovation, these guys are innovating, they, yes, they've taken a foundation, they've built on it, and I think that's really what's happened, right, there's no such thing uh, that we're looking at that are, you know, just copycat models. I think we're looking at some amazing models that have been built on, yes, what needed to happen, you know, which was evolution of the startup industry. So that's happened. And now we're looking at some really, really interesting, cool stuff. People are going in every possible direction. And I think given Corona's pressure, okay, people have like really come out of that pressure going from becoming like, gold to diamonds you know when you really put under that much pressure that you become a diamond that's what's happening to a lot of people like we're seeing amazing pivots happen we're seeing amazing models where people are modifying into so um i'm an optimist by nature and i'm excited for where uh, the startup industry is headed i also think there's a reality check right uh i think a lot of people in the middle had started raising just for the heck of raising, you know, mm-hmm. and they were like, uh, everybody had become, gone into this valuation game that, um, you know, what is the next, that that had become the measure of success. Right. What is my valuation? Mm-hmm. I think now what's happened is the reality check set in and valuation is no longer um, the corner you know that's that milestone that you're headed towards what is your milestone is revenues a powerful business model uh you know uh, repeat customers so all the great metrics that had to happen are now finally falling into place 
asking a very specific question to the consumer space given your experience there where do you see innovation happening in the consumer space i think what has started happening is there's so much maturity in the market right um suddenly they you everybody had talked about the fact that they were going to all be all these consumer brands these challenger brands that will come through and you know that you could bet for i think that started happening now brands are really maturing off of age you know they're they're actually coming in on their own and these brands are being built solely and purely um you know online with very little offline existence yeah. so it, that's really interesting and cool um personally because of the space we belong to which is uh, focusing on women uh, led and you know women focused ventures obviously health and wellness tend to be a big big sector for us okay yeah. actually it's the biggest sector for us yeah. you know we see a lot of deals and a lot of deal flow that comes in that space particularly and i mean i mean when i say health and wellness i don't mean um, just beauty tech or femtech you know across the board there's such interesting uh, cool stuff that is happening what am i personally excited about i think um, for the longest time uh, women were not uh, considered consumers you know right. uh, people didn't realize that there was this whole subset of 600 million women yeah. that need to needed to be catered to right and so now that we're seeing that people suddenly realize that are waking up to that and that in itself is coming off of age and is maturing slowly i don't think i think we're still at very much so adolescent stage or whatever but i think we're getting to the point where it is maturing slowly and um i'm very excited for where femtech is going to head you know mm-hmm. i really really feel like there are so many interesting models that we'll see come through uh, i mean around the world now people are starting to address post pregnancy menopausal stuff Uh, sexual wellness stuff none of that is being talked about in india right now right. okay and slowly we're seeing all these rise of small 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 startups that are starting to do this okay right. uh they're still really nascent but i think a lot of them will be really interesting to follow and see where they're headed to in the next uh you know couple of years and where they go just from your answer um given that women consumers are so underserved i want to understand how are women founders really helping to bridge that gap i was seeing a mixed bag so there are female founders building for uh, women building for women okay so it's mm-hmm. by women for women yeah um we're seeing uh, about 50 to 60% of the deals that are like that which is really cool to see okay uh, and then the rest is you know uh, women that are building other companies that are you know in fintech or just broader mass consumption and how do you think the consumer adoption of femtech and sextech be in india um as far as femtech um sextech everything is concerned i am personally really excited because i actually did want to do a startup about 10 years ago in sextech okay and right. um i i think uh, uh you know my dad would have died of mortification because <laughs> i mean at that particular point in time there were hardly any people doing startups in general and to do yeah. a sex tech startup would have just you know just been <laughs> nuts um that being said i'm so glad it's coming off of age you know yeah. there are these startups that are slowly starting to talk about it so sex tech uh 
uh, femtech are really becoming big in Europe. And now you're right. slowly starting to see some small, small startups in India that are starting to do this. And I think it's great. I think it's brilliant. Um, is it going to be a tough climb for them? Absolutely. I mean, look at where we are. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at all the shit that's happening, you know, in our own country right now. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, the rapes and everything. I mean, nobody's actually cared about or really given a shit about female and female sexual wellness and their satisfaction or any of those things. And I think some of these startups will actually come off and talk about this and do a really, really great job. And so actually, if there's anyone who's listening to this podcast in that, I, you know, I really do hope they contact Street Capital because we're, we're excited about anything to do with femtech in general. Yeah, and it's actually very interesting. I was speaking to Shakun Sethi of uh, Tickle.Live just last week and she told me how, um, you know, Indian consumption has really improved in terms of sex tech um, and uh, that is happening especially right after COVID. So very interesting and I do think that there's a lot of scope in the market. Um, Now you mentioned earlier that you face some challenges when starting out a new fund. Um, so would love for you to really talk about those challenges and the learnings that you had um, so that, you know, the listeners out there who really want to start their own fund um, can get some of that. <laughs> well, 9.5 years that I was almost 10 years, a whole decade that I've been an entrepreneur. I always mm-hmm. believed that VCs uh, had lifestyles of the rich and famous. Okay, Whenever I talked to any VC, yeah. it, you know, just seemed like they were living the life, you know, and I was like, what a life these guys have, yeah. They just look at companies, reject them. They got their own, you know, thing going. When you hear golf, I say, ye life. You know, you'd look up to that life and say, yo, your life. Huh. <laughs> you know, now that I'm on this side, um, you know, I realize that it is so rough. It's ridiculous, you know. And I realize, especially why there are not enough uh, women who are doing this, uh, especially founder funds, are just really tough to do. You know, I'm not trying mm. to discourage anybody. I hope more, um, you know, uh, people start funds. I hope more female start funds. But I'm just, I'm just saying it's, it, you know, I didn't. Sometimes they say you have to be too dumb to die, and maybe that was the case. Like mm. I was really naive about how tough this was going to be. You know, I just assumed that. Yes, I've, you know, been an entrepreneur. I've um, gone through so many rejections. I mean, my doll is my second startup, right? right. I, I've had a tech company before that, which is sold. So clearly, you know, I had done the song and dance. So I figured, huh. I mean, you know, but this has definitely been the roughest and the toughest um, right. that, ha- you know, in terms of founding something for me. And just for the reason that, uh unlike an entrepreneur where you get funding and then you just execute right mm-hmm. here you're constantly playing a juggling act you have lps that you're managing and you're investing at the same time you know and you're constantly trying to balance it out um you know and just that that balance is just really tough and i think it's tougher for a female um, definitely more so for me with two kids it's just it's it's been a little nuts because right. you travel a lot you're trying to raise the money everything um, it has been tough plus I think what I picked was not an easy thing I mean it's not uh, you know the coolest thing when you go out and I, I learned this later that saying that I want to you know invest in women I've had 
यू नो प्रोस्पेक्टिव एलपी से ये क्या थीसिस है यू नो विमेन में कौन इन्वेस्ट करता है दे आर सो बैड टू इन्वेस्ट एंड आई मीन आई एम सिटिंग राइट इन फ्रंट ऑफ देम एंड दे विल से दिस और दे विल से स्टूपिड स्टफ लाइक यू नो अम women have cat fights why would you want to invest in <laughs> so i've also had, i've also faced this you know and i'm like you know why would you call me for a meeting if you actually did not believe in the thesis you know yeah. why waste my time and your time right yeah. um that being said it has also been the most heartening phase of my entire founder journey hmm. uh because yes i had support during my first company i had support you know and people cheering me on during my my dollar phase but the fact of the matter is i've had so much goodwill come from the vc community i'm so grateful to so many of my vc friends and all guys right. that have said we really want this to work you know uh, this fund needs to happen and really cheering me on and mentoring me so clearly there is you know there's no such thing as oh gender and all they, these guys really want a gender focused fund So Anisha you mentioned that you were in the middle of everything you were taking care of two kids you were traveling you were trying to convince LPs so tell me when someone or a founder is in the middle of everything how does she or he really build grit the thing is i've i've been a founder for so long right yeah. the reality check happened on my first company where i actually thought when i put all my savings and within the first year had a very little business and i couldn't pay even the first you know like the i think it was a third of the fourth paycheck mm-hmm. and i was crying on a couch and i just thought i was going to die because you know here i was thinking in my head that i'll sell the company in 2 years and then you realize shit entrepreneurship is really hard starting up is really hard mm-hmm. and so that and coming out of that and making it through then you feel like oh okay ye ho gaya to kuch bhi ho jayega you know so mm-hmm. i think there's no such thing as consciously building grit yeah. i think uh and this is what i look for in founders by the way it's it's a very simple thing the ability to keep getting up it's resilience and i think it's an inbuilt thing right if you you hear of instances and i think all of us have it it's just to what propensity i really feel uh, a lot of women uh don't realize the untapped uh potential and you know resilience that they have i i think it's a muscle that you keep exercising and it becomes bigger and bigger and you just you know become more deep and more uh, <laughs> uh in general you know just like keep getting back up no matter how much you get beaten down i think all of us have a you know fair surplus of it especially women i i really do believe that there are uh you know especially in this country there are some hard knocks that we women have taken and people have taken to get to where they are you know right. and so if you make it through that you 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 got a fair okay hmm yeah and now just talking a bit on maidala when you started maidala in 2009 what is the opportunity that you saw and what do you think about the business model today i the opportunity i saw in 2009 was the only e-commerce that had taken off or the only platforms on the internet that are taken off for the make my trips of the world that where you bought a ticket off online but you had an offline experience i thought my dala and any deal discovery platform would do really well because one indians tend to be you know bargain hunters and two um we still like having an offline experience yeah. uh i would have never started something and given it 10 years of my life 
if I wasn't optimistic and I didn't believe that it was something that was a sustainable business model. Okay, at its peak, Maidala has done 120 CR in revenue. So clearly, there is a sustainable, brilliant business model. Um, I think deal websites in its, uh, you know, just haven't gotten their fair moment in the sun or they got it because of Groupon and it went away because of Groupon's controversies. But it's kind of like EdTech, right? EdTech, which has been but going forever. You know, I mean, I was in education. So my first company did e-learning. Right. And I've been in the EdTech ed space since 2001 when we've been waiting for homecoming of education and right. education online, right? Be sal again, you know? COVID and now suddenly edtech is cool yeah. you know online education and online meeting and zoom zoom is cool but this wasn't the case right it's only some circumstance that has changed it and some moment that has changed i am i continue to be optimistic about the, anything that saves you money online i think deal discovery platforms are a brilliant um you know i i think some of them that has sustainable business models are brilliant. My dollar continues to be brilliant. I'm still, you know, it's very close to my heart. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm very optimistic about its future. I, I will never quit on that. It's my first baby. And from your learnings at My Dala, how do you think startups can scale? Uh, one of the things that I do tell all startups is uh, don't lose sight and throw money at stuff. If you're um, spending more to acquire the customer than you are in terms of the lifetime value that you're getting from the customer. There is something inherently flawed in the business model, right? And the excitement of the numbers because, you know, you're seeing 30,000 users buying from you. But if these consumers are not giving you enough value, there is no business model. And so I think the first and most basic thing is to make sure ha to have a business model that can be scaled, that will be at some day some case and point profitable you right. know that's the only thing that you will get value out of what you're building uh, you know because thro throwing money at something can only go so far at some point that has to return so i also think the the most important criteria is the team you know i mean founders in themselves uh, are just you know, they have a brilliant pulse of what they're building. And I don't think any professional can really replace that, at least not till a certain scale of a startup. And so uh, founders need to be hands-on. I've also met certain teams where the founders, you know, says uh, too early in the game that, oh, I got someone who they thought was more qualified than them to run the startup, which I don't get. I mean, it's your baby. It's your startup. How can you do that? I get it, you know, that you're doing that at a particular scale. But... It just doesn't make sense. So the co-founders, the chemistry, the grit, the resilience, um, you know, making sure that there's a sustainable business model, that you're trying to solve a need, uh, all this matters. And when this team is built, how does the team structure change when a startup scales? You know, this is the biggest challenge that I think all startups have, right? Yeah. Because uh, if you ask any CEO of a startup, what is it that keeps you awake at night? Hmm. Uh, a lot of them will turn around and tell you it is the fact that, um, you know, my recruitment and making sure that the culture is not lost. You'll hear yeah. this constantly from people. Yeah. We've made this mistake as well, right? Where we've actually had um, essentially uh, people come to us and 
you know we've recruited because we've just felt wow their resume looks so great and yeah. let's let's get them on board because they're IIM or IIT and you know they meet all the creds and then you realize they just don't fit in the culture that you have right and so uh, i think that's a big challenge as you scale and you hear you'll constantly hear ceos talk about this yeah recruitment you know recruitment recruitment um and so i think the in the beginning years it's you know your co-founder and getting your core team in place and then it becomes just trying to maintain the culture and once you solve that piece of the puzzle then you've got a winner on board So Anisha from the number of conversations that I've had with VCs and startup founders it almost seems like one-on-one mentoring is the most important thing and is treasured by almost everyone. Um so tell me from your perspective how is it that we can build a culture of one-on-one mentoring in the startup ecosystem? Um I think there's a great uh, so there's a women in investor group that I'm a part of that um has now started building and you know trying to get more women actively together and do stuff around that and i'm part of this on the indian level but there's also a global group that is doing this all yeah. right so uh it's nice and interesting to see that there are all these women investor groups that are coming about right and uh it feels good to be a part of something like that where you're able to do this and talk to each other or bounce around stuff um there are dismal statistics that show that there are hardly any women even in the investment world that are at a stage where there are decisions being taken yeah. so i think the mentoring is very very important okay um it needs to happen and it needs to happen definitely you know um more so uh, is everybody waking up to that and being more open and everything absolutely but i you know just being women in general i think we tend to struggle a little bit more with the time factor of it and mm-hmm. that's about it somebody asked me they said you know uh why haven't you talked to this so and so person you know she's so great and i said i agree with you she's so great but we just haven't been able to get our calendars together you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of sad but now what's happened is which is brilliant is there are a lot of us globally that have connected yeah that are doing similar funds so pockets on of sogal ventures uh, and i have been talking there's another female that runs her capital there are all these global gender funds and it's so great to see but there's actually uh, all of us are cheering each other on and exchanging notes and you know building each other on and i think that's the way it should be right women should um cheer each other on and build each other on and that really needs to happen right now now lastly What is this one message that you have for all the women founders and investors in the listeners group? Well, I don't have any message for VCs. I mean, if you're a VC, you probably know what you're doing better than I do. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a founder, I'm a founder VC. I've I'm doing this and building this as along as I see it. So I have nothing for them. Right. As a founder, I'm going to tell you that I think uh you're written a really exciting point. I know it doesn't look it when we're sitting in um you know these times especially uh, because you know what at the end of the day it's really hard when you're in the trenches to zoom out and see certain days and certain dark days and certain dark periods that there is light at the end of the tunnel but if you make it through this okay you're going to make it through pretty much everything they say that if you learn how to drive in india you can drive anywhere in the world it's mm-hmm. true for this too i think if you can 
start up in India and make it through these Corona times, you're set. You're really set. You'll know the resilience that you have, and you'll probably make it through everything. So, for founders, my whole thing is focus on the numbers, focus on the bottom line right now. Uh, you know, and just make it happen. You know, and if you are a founder that's sitting on edge and you're thinking about starting up, and you know you're thinking it twice, thrice, which is what a lot of, especially female founders do. Yeah, just go for it. I mean, there's never going to be a right time. There will never be a right time, such as now. You know, there is no such thing as I will wait for COVID vaccine to come or I will wait for the economy to turn or whatever. Yeah. The time is now. You know, if you think you want to start, the time is now. There is no such thing as let's wait. I will make it happen. Go, go for it now. That's all I have to say. Thank you so much, Anisha, for your time. Really appreciate it. And I had a lovely time chatting with you. Oh, thank you so much, Shreya, for having me. I really appreciate it.